0: Friends, God bless you. Peace be with you. This is our last episode. And I'm very happy to be recording this with Justin for you. We are so happy that you have journeyed with us for all this time. And I just want to say thanks. So we hope that you enjoy this episode. And uh, for those of you who find this podcast in the future, we're going to keep this and the other episodes up as a resource for you so that anybody who wants to learn how to build and implement ministries that get results has a good resource here so justin how you doing and how you feeling
1: dan i'm feeling good man you know bittersweet but mostly sweet i think we both discerned this was scott's plan that now is the time to hang it up but um you know we'll get more into that later of how we arrived at the decision lessons learned in three seasons of doing this uh over a hundred episodes, but I'm grateful to be here tonight, brother, and end this well.
0: Yeah, me too. And you know, I said just a, a second ago that this is our last episode. God could ask us to come back to this. So I'm not gonna say it's yeah. the last ever, but yeah. for now at least, you and I are entering a season of our lives where we feel like God is asking us to do something differently. So yeah, for the foreseeable future, this is the last episode.
1: That's right. So, you know, folks, we hope you enjoyed. I want to echo what Dan said. Thanks for those that kept listening, kept going with us, would send us comments, encouragement now and then. It's been a beautiful journey and a lot, learn a lot we want to share in this final recording, but thanks for being along for the ride with us.
0: Amen. Well, all right. The topic we want to discuss as like actually something meaningful that you can take away is uh, something I borrowed from Tim Ferriss. So Tim Ferriss was one of those early adopters of podcasts and Um, Just seems to be ahead of the curve. He can see around corners really, really well. So every once in a while, he just throws great quotes out there that are really good one-liners to help guide thinking, especially when you're problem solving. And one that I came across that I I have found very useful is, uh, what would this look like if it were easy? And I've asked myself that question hundreds of times, especially when problem solving, when trying to come up with a strategy to, uh, to implement something. And I have found that it's remarkably helpful because for whatever reason, I especially always go to a more complex solution than is necessary. And this is is kind of like this scythe, right, that cuts through all the, the nonsense and just says, what is the actual thing you want? What if you just did that? And uh, I think in ministry, especially this can be helpful because we have a tendency to overthink. What do you think?
1: Yeah. You know, what's funny, Dan, is like, what would this look like if it were easy? It is easy. It really is. So, I don't know why we complicate it. I think the biggest thing is we think everything needs to be programmatic or approved in some sense, but there's no restrictions on simply sharing our faith, doing acts of kindness. We don't need approval for those things. We already didn't get approval. We got commissioned to go do it by our Lord and at our baptism. So, yeah, it doesn't need to be complicated because it's not.
0: So, I came up with a list of things that I thought we could really like a list of problems or questions that we could apply this idea to so we can do it in real time and show people maybe how to do this in their own work um, but there's one umbrella principle that I think covers a lot of these or at least many things in the church and you just alluded to it and it's the idea of um, personal apostolate versus ministry and in a, a I think one sense we can just say all right ministry refers to what the church is doing as like an official uh event or outreach from the parish and those are good things and we we can all be involved in those. And every one of us has the ability to uh, have our own apostolate and that means the way we're sent out into the world by God and those are just things that are discerned by us. And so for many of the things that we feel called to do we think is important, we don't need to ask permission. We don't need to wait. We don't need to get approval. We just go do it. Now, this doesn't mean that we do things that are contrary to teachings of the church. Rather, uh, you don't need to ask your pastor's permission to feed the hungry at all. You don't need to ask your pastor's permission to, uh, start a podcast and talk to people about evangelization or ministry. Um, if you feel like God is asking you to do it, then yeah, take the, the requisite steps and put in the proper planning. But often, uh, the things that God is putting on your heart might just be a personal charism, a gift. It might be an apostolate that he is calling you to. So with that, uh, the one I'm going to start with, because this is a podcast about making disciples and evangelizing well, is simply evangelizing. And uh, what would it look like if it were easy? Evangelization, if it were easy, would look like building trust with people, Asking them at some point if they're interested in Christianity, if they if they have a positive impression of it or if they've ever thought more about it. Um, and then if they say yes, see what comes up. And uh, I think the a super simple way to do this is just build trust and good friendship with people around you. And uh, this doesn't have to be overly complicated. Your house doesn't have to have a brand new dining room table. Nothing like that. Just ask people to spend time with you and, uh, for no other reason than establishing good friendship. So what do you think? How else could we simplify that?
1: Yep. Just making yourself available. You know, if you're always inside of your house, how on earth will your neighbors get to know you? So, you know, be outside, be out front, make yourself available, maybe pitch in and putting on like a neighborhood block party or hosting something around the holidays for your neighbors it can be as simple, though, as just timing when you take out the trash because you know your neighbor's outside at that time and have a conversation about the kids, the weather, whatever it may be. God is going to use those. But if we don't give God any opportunity through friendship, how how do we expect to share the gospel with people? So yeah. maybe this way I would simplify it more, Dan, is simply make yourself available to people.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um you know that anything we do that's good is going to require a sacrifice and maybe it's an, a uniquely American thing, the way we kind of isolate ourselves or insulate ourselves in our homes against society and neighbors and, and whatnot. Um, I think that's one of the, the, uh, the best opportunities, kind of the lowest hanging fruit of making better connections and having better relationships is making the sacrifice to befriend people who live near us. So I'm. It's in the, it's the second week of Advent as we're recording this. And one thing that I have in mind is I have a neighbor who lost a spouse this year. And I am thinking about inviting this person to have Christmas dinner with us. And there's the, a little voice in the back of my head that's saying like, well, what about the rest of the people? What about family? What if they don't like that? And I thought, this person's almost certainly going to be lonely on Christmas. Mm-hmm is that worth, like, is it, is it worth it for this person to be lonely so that my family doesn't feel inconvenienced? Mm. And the answer that uh, like immediately jumps back at me is no, it's not worth it. Invite that person, let them say no. Right. Maybe, maybe this person already has plans. Maybe they're going to be with children, with family. I don't know, but all all I have to do is ask. It's not hard. It's not complicated. Right. Um, so the yeah, next my, one, oh, my
1: wife's really good at that, by the way, Dan, she, so I, you should do it, man. So I'm just telling you, she, that's literally what we're doing yeah, with a neighbor. Yeah. Laura, uh, you know, got to know a neighbor and they were just striking a chat the other day and then came to be, learn that she's not going to have Christmas with family this year. Um, we're not going to be around town for that exact window, but we are having her over now for like, a, a Christmas dinner, you know, a few days early. Yeah. Um, But you're right. It's that gosh, it is really that simple. And then you never know how a meal can change a life. Right. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. So next one on here is equipping disciples. And I think we overcomplicate this and overthink it and overwork it. And um, like Pope Francis says, enjoy the the gospel. People do not need much preparation to share the, the love of God. So what do people need to be able to do? They need to be able to share their own story. And I think we have a podcast, we have an episode on that. And Mm -hmm. they need to be able to share the charisma. And I think we have an episode on that. Mm -hmm. And um there's there's some more steps. I mean, I think like you could do a book study of Sherry Waddell's forming intentional disciples. I think that would be great. Um, an apostolate that prepares people really well is evangelical Catholic. They've got some free resources at next steps. So look up evangelical Catholic next steps, you'll find them. Um, but a book study, listening to a couple podcasts, having people prepare and practice a story. And I think they'd be ready to at least ready to give the answer for why they're Christian when somebody asks, um, can you do more prep? Absolutely. But I would say that's some of like the minimum preparation that people need in order to get out in there and feel comfortable sharing the good news.
1: Yeah. And it's, I think it's also as simple as having a pretty good library for, of yourself that you have at home, you know, like yeah. uh, those books you like, those apologetics book you liked, um, you know, this one's come back to relationship for me too, Dan. So as you're getting to know somebody, you know, I had a neighbor actually ask for some good Catholic resources the other day and I was able to run inside and bring him five thinking he might just want one and he actually took them all. So, um, nice. you know, I mean, we, uh, we've got these books in our homes that meant a lot to us uh, just with great friendship and relationship the Holy Spirit's going to use that. We're just giving the Holy Spirit more opportunities through relationship, through things that we have that, that maybe will help someone else. Because, and you're right, it's a little bit of a, a sacrifice. Sometimes, you know, I've like, I've thought about, should I just clear out my house of some of these things? But I feel like a tug to keep them because someone else might need these books. I don't want to just throw them in the recycling. These are great works. Yeah. Um, and lo and behold, it has happened time and time again, you know, you you meet someone and you're in a conversation like, oh, I have a book. I know we've all thought about this. you know, We've all maybe done this and the person doesn't read it. But if we're really intentional and listen to the other person, sometimes that book is a life changer. And that's happened to me too. I remember getting a book when I was in confirmation class in eighth grade and I just kept it. Years later, I have my reversion to the faith and I found that book with the note from my eighth grade catechist and I read it and it was that next thing I needed on the oh, journey. Man. So That's God cool. will use all these things, folks. Don't think it's all lame what you gave the kid at confirmation. If you really put love into it, God can use
0: it. Did you ever let that catechist know? I did because thankfully oh, um, well, my thanks,
1: catechist indeed. was my mom's, was my friend's mom. So really? I was able to tell her, uh, you'll never guess, but I read that book finally. And um, I found there was another Book, um, my other buddy's dad had given me that when I had my reversion, it's like all these mentors that wanted to be my mentor earlier in life, I was ready for
0: it <laughs> when I was ready to That's like shut awesome. up and listen. So, yeah, awesome, God is man.
1: good, God will use all that stuff,
0: amen. Well, next thing on this is actually when you recommended so, um, prayer ministry, if it were, yeah, if it were, what would this look like if it were easy?
1: Oh my gosh, Dan, my neighbors taught me this actually. So, I'm with uh, I've got some neighbors that we've become friends and they actually invited me to their house the other day to just pray for our street and pray for our families. And it was so awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we, we know this, but we just skip it. It all starts with prayer. So it can have, it can be as simple as a text string of some faithful friends, you know, that we'll start praying together. Um, and it, it, it is really that simple that you literally just get together with a few other believers that you know, and you just pray. And then again, you're just giving God more opportunities to do something. You're making yourself available to God. So sacrifice that time in front of YouTube, you know, or in front of, uh, you know, your favorite podcast to go and pray. And you're just giving God more time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Easy. I like that one. Yeah, you don't like. You can ask anybody to over to pray with you, and it doesn't have, like. There's no catechesis necessary. There's no apologetics necessary. Like, save that for later, right? Yep. When and, when and if that comes up, instead, yep. just pray. Like, people yep. who believe in Jesus, who who have faith in the Trinity, can pray. Um, so, next one, I love this idea. You you uh, you gave us this one. Um, thinking of the synod. So Pope Francis said that synodality is yep. the way of the Church for the third millennium. And uh, what he means by that is this idea of accompaniment, walking alongside each other, listening to each other as we go to understand better how we can serve. That's the way of the church for the third millennium. So uh, having your own opportunity to listen to people. So maybe you invite people to your home who used to be Catholic and you say, hey, this is what Pope Francis has, has thrown out there. Here's 10 questions. You can read the synod documents look up the handbook for the synod. I think the technical term is Vade Mecum, V-A-D-E-M-E-C-U-M. And look up the questions that they have there and maybe choose one or two of them and say to your friends, hey, could we, could we talk about these? Or could you share with me what you're thinking on these? And it might be awkward, right? But they might also love the opportunity to share their thoughts about the church maybe nobody's ever listened to them maybe they had a bad experience and they really want someone to know Uh, there are countless people who feel hurt by Mm -hmm. the church or by people in the church and one of the first things we can do to be a bridge to those people and help them heal help them feel like they're welcome again is listen to them so that they know somebody cares even if they had a bad experience somebody cares anything to add to that justin to make it easy
1: yeah, no, I mean, it really is listening when it's even uncomfortable. You know, I had a, uh, so I had someone that that I've known for years. Uh, we were catching up the other day and they shared something with me um, about someone in their life who was, let's just say, is making choices alternative to our Christian worldview. And, you know, rather than jump to judge that, or correct that i actually just said you know i'm just let me just take a different stance here and i said hey i'd love to hear about their journey what led them to that why did they do that and again when you haven't you're catching up with someone for the first time in like many months or a year uh, that's probably a great place to start right and um you know i think as pro francis has been talking about us listening he doesn't mean just listening sessions at our parishes. He means listening out in the world. Um, Because if we don't start by listening, we don't know what's on people's hearts. We don't know how to start praying for them and how to start praying for God to give us the right words when there is a situation we need to speak into. So it needs to start with listening. Because I think also to end listening, let's God be in control. If we're going into that kind of dialogue with an angle already where's the Holy spirit get a chance to move in the midst of that? Like we know what we believe, we know where we stand. We don't need to feel insecure about that, but just listen so that you can really hear the person's heart. You know, we just talked to your wife in the last episode about deep listening and how much that, that matters in a, in a deep relationship. So just start with listening and you're again, giving God more space to guide where things need
0: to go. Absolutely. And uh, you made it even simpler than I did you know I said like have people over instead like just meet somebody you know i uh, I had the good fortune to work in schools and so there's a lot of people who I taught you know seven years ago they're adults now they're like 25 years old um I could easily say like hey do you want to go get coffee share with me where you are on this uh, or just like hey you know uh, can you tell me why you decided to stop uh, attending church and no judgment like I'm just really curious as somebody who's committed to this I want to know what we can learn and how we can get better and there's not very many people that I know who would say no to that invitation to share.
1: No, I will, I will tell you too, like more oftentimes than not, if someone sees you really care, then they may come back to you with that question. I remember like in uh, grad school, there was uh, this classmate of mine. He was a year older. And uh, we were just talking about like typical stuff. And then he was like starting to share about leaving the church. And I just let him talk for a while then. We just had a really great conversation. Then at the end, he started asking, "So, so like, what what makes you stay with religion?" Um, you know, I'm not saying. Listen, there's been many times I've blown this or messed this up, but maybe a, couple, a few times I got it right. And if I hadn't just kept my mouth shut, wouldn't have had that opportunity to share with him why I believe what I yeah. believe. So, yep,
0: you had to earn the right to be heard, man. We and do, we do, you- and
1: these these are yeah. things you grow at, right? You you learn, you make mistakes sure. even after you think you've got it. But the point is, we got to keep trying so that God can use us more and more.
0: And you only get better by trying like there's no none of us are going to learn enough without practicing to get good enough to do this. Like you just have to get out there, make some mistakes. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Jesus knew that his disciples would make mistakes, that they would be able to do it all. He sent them out anyway. When they came back, he talked with them about their experience. Mm
1: -hmm. You said something
0: a moment ago that is key for the Synod, and that's making room and listening to the Holy Spirit. and. Uh, the Pope Francis was very clear about that. The synod documents were very clear about that. Ultimately what we're trying to do is listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So as we're, as we're sitting with people, we want to listen to what the spirit is saying to us and eventually get people to listen to what the spirit is saying to them, which is always going to be some form of God misses you and wants you back. So, uh, don't delay.
1: Yeah. And listening doesn't compromise who we are or what we believe. No, Right. We don't have to correct everything we see right if it, we we can let god help us see also when to speak when not to speak like um uh a friend once told me um what is it uh prudence is the queen of all virtues is that it or not prudence um it's, I mean, it's that's probably
0: something like that like yeah. prudence is the one that puts all the other that mm-hmm. orders all the other virtues
1: yeah because if you're always out correcting people or you know, that's not gonna work. So God will if you let the Holy Spirit lead, He's gonna give you the right timing because timing timing is so so often everything.
0: Yeah. Like I have this is a I think a somewhat of a silly analogy, but it still works. So my my daughter, she's six years old, she still mispronounces some words. Mm -hmm. And I let her Mm -hmm. mainly because I think it's cute and I like it. And I I I know know, like she's gonna stop (laughs) eventually.
1: I do that too with Um, my four year old. So
0: uh, now, granted, like, okay, she's not doing anything morally wrong, but uh, you, you know, if I'm, if I'm practicing reading with her, um, I'm, I correct the things that are most important. I don't need to correct everything. I want her going in in generally the right direction. If I correct every single thing she does, she gets frustrated and doesn't want to read. Anymore. That's right. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So the the last thing on our, our list here of, of things that we can simplify and make easy, homeless outreach. Or, or you know, works of mercy in general. Yeah.
1: You know, my wife has uh, really shown me this so well. I mean, she'll just uh, get with our kids, uh, sometimes with another family. And they'll say, hey, let's get together and pack bags for the homeless and then deliver them. Or the kids, they keep them in the van. And when they see a homeless person, they give them out. Um, so this doesn't have to be complicated. You don't need to organize anything. You can literally just go to the grocery store, buy some extra stuff package it up, keep it in your car. And when you see somebody in need, you give it to them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Boom. Easy. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Done. <laughs> yeah. Be the homeless. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to pivot now and we're done talking about what would things look like if it were easy. So we encourage you in your own work, in your ministry, ask that question from time to time, especially when you're stuck in yeah. your problem solving. Um, now, we just want to talk about finishing the race. We feel like the Lord called us to, this podcast called us to write a book. The the podcast sprung out of our effort to write the book because we had more ideas than we could fit in a book, Go Make Disciples. Remember when, after every episode, we would tell people to buy it? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. I do time, remember right? that. At like least so we that. stopped, right? I don't know how many that yeah. deep that went into,
1: but uh, I do remember I those days.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so... When we started this, Justin, we really had no idea what it was going to (laughs) be. You know, we were just excited. Um, You know, I'm really
1: grateful you were open to the idea. I mean, we had just met through being in the Orlando area together. And I'm like, man, that's a great guy. And we became friends, you know, quickly before I ended up moving away. And, you know, I'd always had this idea to like write a book. I had like some, I love those frameworks from the business world. And I was like, man, it'd be cool to like think about some of these from ministry. I was like, maybe, maybe, maybe Dan will want to write a book with me. Cause you know, I knew your background from, you have a PhD in education, you've written long things and it ended up being like a perfect mix. Cause you knew how to like actually make it a book. I was just a guy with a bag of frameworks and you knew how <laughs> to actually make it into a book. So I just think, I wonder like, what was going through your mind? Like when I first called you or like pitched it to you, like, what was your initial thoughts on that?
0: Um, honestly, like probably just openness. I'm such a, like part of my personality is to be very open to new ideas and to be willing to explore and be curious. So that's helped me a lot. It's gotten me in trouble because I say yes to too many things, (laughs) Uh, but I'm glad I said yes to this invitation.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and it was, you know, just a whole journey. You know, we have, it's funny if we looked at all those old slide decks we had made envisioning what it could be but it was what was funny for me is we were talking about the book but what we were most excited about was to try a podcast because back then so this would have been four years ago podcasts weren't as big as they are now um and it felt like so novel and it's like how do we how do you even do a podcast that was really what we were more excited about we almost wanted to like finish the book so we could start the podcast am i wrong on that
0: no and i think we've we would say that the podcast has produced greater fruit for the kingdom than the book.
1: No, no doubt about it. Cause the podcast is like, so transferable, you know, like what was really cool this season. and almost made us have second thoughts. Well, me about stopping was the leadership podcast episode we did. Cause we made a decision yeah. like a year and a half ago to just get off social media. Cause we didn't feel like it was a lot of fruit. We were both busy with famous. We're like, you know, we're just going to let this like be shared where it's going to be shared. And that yep. episode had a big spike. And you know what it it teaches you about? Like, yeah, it was crazy. And it's like a podcast episode. If it's done right. Okay. You need like a minimum viable quality audio and video. But -hmm. if you just focus on a good conversation, that can be people share that with people they care about because they want them to be better. Yep. Right. So like crafting the conversation became like the most important thing to me after you figure out the basics of how to do like, the audiovisual stuff.
0: Yeah. And so we, I think we figured out just enough of the basics early on. We, we, I think definitely got a better sound. Cause I remember somebody telling me or asking me like, Hey, did you get a new microphone? Cause it sounds way better. I said, yeah, we did. Uh, both having the same mic is a big help. Um, so just in case you're curious, those of you who are listening. So with over a hundred episodes, we've had almost 12,000 downloads in three years which uh, so I mean, we're averaging 4000 a year. Um, Doesn't mean that everybody who has downloaded has played the episode. Uh, But just to give you an idea, we're averaging right around 100 plays or downloads per episode. And uh, that's just to, to let you know, like, whether or not this effort might be worth it for you in the future, if you're thinking about this. So we've recorded over 100 episodes put in Uh, hundreds, if not probably a thousand hours into this, just with all the time spent recording and editing and uh, all the time spent working on the book and planning and uh, editing and publishing and then getting the podcast set up. So um, it was a lot of work. And um, there were times when we thought, wow, we're not really reaching enough people. Is this worth it? Um, But at the end of the day, there's still people that we run into in the church who are working in ministry, whether it's volunteers or paid staff at parishes or just people who are out there doing what God has asked them to do. And they've told us they, that they enjoy the podcast and that's been really fun to hear. And so, um, I'm confident, yeah, this is exactly what God wanted us to do. Uh, we use this resource, uh, well could have always used it better, but, um, uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, going to beat myself up over that. So.
1: No. And there's also, you know, a little over 4,000 views on YouTube. Um, I and, about that. and yeah, and I mean, I think, I think, so I think when we were starting, um, we didn't know what this was going to be. We might've had our dreams or aspirations or thought it might be bigger than it ended up being, but the Lord kept like, I feel like Scooby-Doo in Scooby-Doo episodes, like just the next Scooby snack, he knew where to go. And God kept getting us through each season. And there were times in all this, in all the midst of this, by the way, like your sound was always pretty good. Mine was bad sometimes because I was moving like, uh, I moved a couple times during all this. Yeah. Um and three times, right? Yeah. And in the midst of that, though, you know, that's why I think Ecclesiastes, it, it, like a two ply or three ply chord. Um, because broke. yeah, you you what happened was there'd be times where you would be busy and but all of a sudden I'd get a jolt from the Holy Spirit. I'd be like, Dan, I'm I'm, I'm gonna work on these three episodes. I'd be like so jazz, and then it would go away. And then you would text me, like, hey, man, I got these three ideas. It was like the weirdest thing that God was just, sometimes we were both locked in together. Other times yeah. you were going, other times I was going, but he always kept us going. And even this fall, we made a commitment of like, here was the craziest one this fall. We made a commitment of like, for, you know, first and third Monday, all the fall to finish season three. And there was one. Uh, Sunday night, I hadn't heard from you. And I had this gnawing idea. It was this episode that we did recently, just a soul gardening and evangelization. It was always an analogy I wanted to make. I was like, I'm just gonna record it just in case Dan got busy. And you literally texted me, like while I was recording it, I saw it after you're like, hey man, I've just been so busy from traveling. I don't think I can get it done in time. I was like, dude, don't worry about it. I literally recorded one just now that we can release as tomorrow's episode. So the Lord just kept... Kept us going, man, to finish the race. It ended up being for me a lesson about that quote attributed to Mother Teresa, which is, "The Lord calls us to be faithful, and we have to entrust the results to Him. We have yeah. to entrust the the harvest to Him." I don't know what your thoughts are on that.
0: Uh, I agree. So, you know, the if he if he calls you to wake up early and record a podcast, do it, and you know. What happens after that happens after that. Well, we
1: still believe all the concepts in our book though, you know, which is, you know, I'm looking, I'm leafing through our book right now, right? Still available on Amazon, you know, and we've had a number of people tell us this book, like really helped them, really get them to strategize. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, your flock experience, lock on to who you're trying to reach. Um, When you have your charter, you want to set goals. And I think we got more purposeful with the goals we were setting because we made some decisions early on that probably hurt the download number. Here was one big one we made, Dan, is no clickbait. We're like, we're not going to be negative or disparaging about the church. There's going to be no clickbait. And, you know, you suffer the consequences for that. But we wanted this to be a a, a charitable podcast that would be filled with hope, not really be like just, you know, we just wanted to keep keep things positive and hopeful. Right? Yeah. That was a big deal Um, to
0: us. I'm so happy that we have not gone in the direction of nitpicking stuff and critiquing the church. There's enough of that. That's not what God is calling you and me to. Now, one of the things that we talked about when we were planning this episode, Justin was that we think some of these conversations might be a bit early for people in the church in general. What do you think?
1: Yeah, so I've we, you know, I've spent a lot of time like you did to like praying like God, do you really want us to keep going like you know, this isn't quite panning out to what we thought it might be but i i came i came to a few different reasons why i think that maybe and i'm very proud of the work we've done maybe the downloads weren't what we thought they would be so here's here's one one is well we didn't have all the marketing behind it you really need right we we didn't have the time we were dads full-time jobs and that's fine that is what it is it was it was that was something that was that was not going to change because we were not willing to sacrifice family life for this um and we didn't think the lord wanted us to do that. Um. The second thing is, I think, to be quite honest, too. Earlier on, we were figuring out some of the kinks of trying to podcast. So you'll see in our early episodes, I think some of us figuring that out. We got better as time went on. The number three now. This is something I really do believe, and people might might feel differently about this. I don't think the church is. It's not common yet to talk about how we share our faith. There's a lot of great content out there that feed our own faith, that nourish our faith, yeah. that help us understand our faith. But are are as many Catholics having that conversation? how, how do I do this? How mm-hmm. do I go to my neighbor? How do I, um, build, uh, evangelizing marriage prep ministry? How do I, how, 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 how we are not quite there yet. It feels to me that these conversations might be 10 to 15 or so years, premature, premature, not premature, just early, which is fine. Cause I think if you look at like the last 30 years of the church in America. We had some great like times of apologetics, and that was new mm-hmm. for us. Like you think about yeah, yeah. Patrick Madrid and, and and then Scott Hahn and all these great guys that really helped us understand our faith. Then we got to these evangelists like your Stefanik, who was on our episode, and people that helped us push towards that. Now I think the church is finally moving in America towards share the faith outside the walls, and we're like kind of just getting started with that phase of the journey. What do you think, Yeah. Man?
0: I, I mean, we've talked about this before. It's the idea of moving from a maintenance mindset to an apostolic mindset. We're from Christendom to apostolic mission, and it's a challenge. And so, I hope we're not 15 years uh, away from that. I hope it's it's five. Uh, I think there's some people who are trying to accelerate that shift, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, I think we're the one of the the major modes that we see in the church today is of living your faith is growing and learning and consuming and maybe we're in this it's almost like a cocoon stage where the average catholic just needs to understand their faith better before on mass we can try to uh to rally people to this mission of sharing who jesus is with the world so maybe we're not there yet um but i think the day's coming and i hope it, it's coming soon
1: yeah um, yeah no and we've made a lot of a lot of we're growing there we're going there as a church i think we have a couple episodes that speak well to this which is we have one episode called Why Catholics Don't Evangelize typically and that was from uh we were commenting on a top 10 list from uh I think it was a website it, it was it was a good episode it was a fun one but then another one was you know our which was one our third highest on YouTube was our discussion of uh from Christendom to apostolic mission yeah. and that's you know the church is waking up more and more to this is apostolic mission and we have to go out there and bring people back right now
0: yeah you know, kind of speaking of 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 that, like what was one of your favorite episodes to record?
1: My gosh. Um, honor to meet Chris Stefanik in that way. He was someone that, was that really cool. inspired me. Yeah. And I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't seen him give a talk at a focus conference. He showed me mm-hmm. I could have that kind of life working for the church. You know, I had yeah. I wasn't even married at the time, I think. That was a good one, but um, you know, for me, honestly, Dan, that um, that leadership one we did was great. It felt like a lot of things coming together of experience doing this. And, you know, I've been able to be on a part of other podcasts and people are like, you're such a natural. I'm like, uh, n- no, it's been hours and hours of failing and learning how to do this. But yeah. that one felt like one where we were like really crafting that conversation and Shooting from the hips, and it was like a unique conversation. But I think it's a testament to like the amount of time it takes to get to that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh I mean, that was for me. The hundred-year dream for the church was really fun. That's
1: your kind of conversation, you know? Yeah, like I love forward-thinking. Yeah,
0: yeah. That and uh a poor church, and updating our language. Anything that where it's like being like that creative style of thought—that's really fun to me. Like, oh, what if? Like, what if this were the scenario? Uh, like no, what if I, the government took all our buildings? I lo- like, I love that kind of question.
1: Well, you know me, I'm like more a practical what is person, but for you, what's funny is I think your favorite thing is to, let's pretend we're in a just totally different space. How would you yeah. react to that? Yeah. 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 What you would are very do? practical.
0: I'm more like, I, I could push it out. The push it outside the <laughs> limits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, ultimately like it, it's though, it's not, is if we're saying, oh, we're stopping because, you know, our message isn't welcome or people don't appreciate us. Like, we do not think that at all. We're stopping because we think God is asking us to.
1: Yeah, and actually, in a lot of ways, our downloads are trending better than they ever have and it's like more sustainable and we have a rhythm, but it just feels like the right time to hang up the microphones for now and, you know, we're trusting that. We don't know what's on the other end, but I think for each of us in our lives, God's got something behind door number two Mm -hmm. and, you know, you have to, you have to end certain things. That's even one of the things in our book, too, is knowing when to uh, close a ministry. And we're not saying this is closing officially, but you have to be attentive to when it is time because God's got something else. And I feel like there's things I'm discerning and thinking about that I'm not going to be able to really even think about until this for last one's out. And it's like official, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, what are some of the, the benefits that you feel like we've gotten out of this? The good things? Woo. All right. Why don't we go back and forth on this one?
1: Um, Sure. I'll share one. Rapid fire. Yeah. My, I mean, just learning how to do a podcast. I knew nothing about this technical stuff. Working with you showed me how to get it listed, how to record, how to do all these pieces. And it's paid dividends in, you know, my professional life, if you will, of like how to do these things too. And how people then, like, like you said earlier, then you get people asking you questions as they're starting their own. And for me, this was like, The most exciting and fun, free professional development I could have ever done is just building this with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I felt like this introduced us to such a breadth of ideas and cool things going on in the trenches in the church that otherwise would not have happened. And it just made me familiar with so many things that even for reference sake were helpful working in the church. Um, And then... I mean, the podcasts that have spawned off of this, like I, or not necessarily as a direct result of what we've done, but um, I started a podcast with a group called the Evangelical Catholic, which is the Reach More podcast. That's a library of apostolates, like of just regular lay people. It's all non-professional ministers. So people who are working for the church who felt called to do something. And it's a library that anybody can browse and say, oh, that, you know, that person's kind of like me. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to try something like that. Or, um, you know, okay, well, I'm not, you know, I might not be a a catechist, but maybe I could just meet someone one on one. So that's been fun. And then I was able to help my wife start her podcast. And um, that was actually like, this is funny. And I'll say this, it, it's it's petty of me to feel this way. And I don't feel very strongly. She almost immediately got way more downloads than we did. And I was like, Oh, we've been doing this so much longer. This is ridiculous. But I mean, <laughs> she just has a message that people want to hear. It's, you know, the intersection of Catholicism and mental health. So good for her. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, it helped me do some things at the diocesan level and that would have been impossible. Had we not, had we not tried this, had we not learned and, maybe the, the, the blessing too for your wife is you got to figure out the kinks in our world so that mm-hmm. you could make less of those mistakes when you were helping her. And I definitely felt the same way in other pa- podcasts I was a part of, you know? Yeah, I got to like, indeed. I always called this like, you know, it was kind of like our sandbox, Dan, where we could play around and experiment so that we could learn these things. You need a place to just experiment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, I got another one. I got another one. I don't know if you have one more. Another one for me would be just uh, forcing me to think more critically about certain issues in the church. Me being a pragmatic person, I don't give myself that kind of time. So I think Mm -hmm. a lesson other folks listening is pair yourself with people that are different than you, and you bring that different approach. So you would set up episodes where we would have that blocked off, then write an hour to think about these hard questions. And had I not done this work with you, I wouldn't have been thinking deeply and how much value we get out of just thinking deeply about things sometimes.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's worth it just because not just the answers you're going to get to those questions, but the way those answers then help you think about other things differently. Uh, Mm -hmm. The more you know, the easier it is to understand everything else. It's a a pretty, uh, a pretty powerful principle.
1: Well, it feels like just even exercise for your brain too, and your thought process. Right, yeah. being challenged, and you're like sparring with another person, but you're pushing each other, yeah, to think better.
0: So another benefit is just the friendship. So, oh, folks, yeah. for those of you listening, I count Justin as one of my best friends, and I'm so grateful for for the friendship the Lord has given us. And uh, we have actually only seen each other in person twice since 2019, <laughs> and um, one yeah. of one of the times for was for an hour. And the other time was for a little bit longer than that. We had like a couple more interactions and it was great. But um, the, like the way the Lord has sustained our friendship through this, like, you know, for like friendship helps people when they're going through difficult times and in, in all things in life, especially in faith. And mm-hmm. we have supported each other and sustained each other in those difficult moments.
1: No, absolutely. You are now definitely one of the brothers in the trenches with me of life. And, like you said, there have been times over this four-year period where I've hit a low spot and needed to call you. You've hit a challenge and needed to call me. So this wasn't just about a podcast and a book. Um, a friendship developed, and uh, you know I was talking with my spiritual director about all this at one point, and he did say, especially for like the masculine journey, there is something to achieving a goal together. It's part it's part of any friendship, though, that when yeah. you have a common goal or work you're aspiring towards it can help feed that friendship. And I've definitely felt that to be true. So not saying you need to have a project with a friend, but just aspiring to be great husbands. That is a common goal that can unite a friendship. Yeah. Aspiring to aspiring to live the Christian faith, that is a beautiful commonality to build a friendship. Yeah. So a yeah, without goal. a doubt, Dan, the uh the friendship Huge blessing.
0: Well, friends, as we depart here, we want to leave you with an invitation to go make disciples and whatever you think the Lord is calling you to do, however that looks like, um, find your apostolate. Please, we, we invite you because Jesus is inviting you. So we're just extending that same invitation that he has. And please extend that to us and extend it to the people you know. Let's follow Jesus more closely, let's bring him to other people. There's no greater gift we can we can bring. There's no better way to uh, to help give great meaning and peace and joy in people's lives. We often forget that, especially if we've been following him closely for a long time. The more we can uh, we can help people draw near to Him, the the more they will know His love and be at peace. So, um, we hope that all of you feel inspired and encouraged and empowered to do that. Thank you so much for joining on this on joining us on this journey. Uh, it's been awesome. I'm so grateful for you all. God bless you all.
1: Yeah, I, I just want to echo what you said, Dan, because I think that the intro conversation we had is like our last practical episode um, speaks to this of like, what would this look like if it were easy? Like, just get started. You know, like in our book, I'm looking at chapter two, the iterative model right now, but we're, you know, just just get started. And for us, when we got going to start a podcast, that's what we did. I mean, if you think about the first awful microphones and cameras we were using, we were just getting started figuring it out, but we iterated. It got better. It got better quality. And the thing we want to leave you all with is if there's something on your heart of like the Lord, you've, you've been thinking about doing something. There's this ministry you want to do or this apostolate or a friend you want to reach out to just to um, take that leap of faith. Trust God and just do it. Just do it. Trust. See what happens pray on that and then repeat and don't be afraid the lord will will the lord is going to make use of every ounce of effort we put into prayer and evangelization he's going to make use of all of it so just don't be afraid
0: amen well we are still going to monitor the uh, the being and making disciples email uh, for a little while but you can always find us on linkedin we'll probably be on there as long as linkedin is around so you can find me Daniel Boyd, that should be pretty easy to find. Justin Reyes, he should be pretty easy to find. So feel free to uh, to connect with us, to send us a message and you know, all that good stuff. If we can help you in any way, if you have questions, if you just want to think through stuff, I think if, if nothing else, we've shown that we like thinking about questions related to the church. So if you want somebody to think through difficult questions with you, just reach out and say, hey, can you help me with this? Or can we talk about this? And I think we'd be happy to.
1: Yeah, no, uh, God bless. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being along for the journey. And, um, you know, be be assured of our prayers. And as a, a bishop I once worked for, he ends all of his emails and letters with, let's keep each other in prayer. So let's be sure to do that.